Welcome everybody, Amanda Holmes here, CEO of Chat Homes International, and this week I have something very special. It has been something that's been in the works for the last decade. Literally, it's taken 10 years to be able to give you this conversation that's happening today. And uh, it was an interview that I did with uh, Content is Profit Biz Bros, and so I'll just let you... Um, tune into this conversation we were just talking about uh, why I took on the project to do the new edition of my father's ultimate sales machine which just happens to be available for pre-sale today. Becoming a master is not about doing 4,000 things, it's about doing 12 things 4,000 times. The Ultimate Sales Machine presents the CEO Mastery Show for entrepreneurs looking to grow faster, better, smarter. If you would like to have a profound breakthrough in your business, talk to our team live by visiting chetholmes.com forward slash breakthrough. Good advice is contextual. Get your answers at chetholmes.com forward slash breakthrough. So I went out to the social media following and I said, I'm about to do the new edition of the book. What do you want to see in it? Tell me, right? And multiple people replied back, don't change it. It's perfect. So, so that uh -huh. stuck with me as I thought about, oh my gosh, what do I do here? Um, and so my father passed of leukemia. He got diagnosed with cancer and we battled for about a year and a half and um, he spent about 352 nights uh, in the hospital and not one did he spend alone. So it was between my mom, my brother and myself. We all pulled all nighters because he would have these night sweats. So we'd be up with him all night and uh, yeah. And it, it's kind of shocking to think because my father was very much a world traveler, you know, public speaker around the world, very high esteemed in that fact. And he was also six foot four, so a very tall man. Yeah. And when he walked mm -hmm. into a room, he was larger than life, right? So while he was there in the hospital, he was running 12 companies from his hospital room, like the most productive cancer patient you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, he ended up getting the bone marrow transplant. And b before that, they basically take away your full immune system. And so you're sitting, you have, to, you have to isolate. You have to be quarantined in that room and you can't leave that room for two months. He stayed in that little uh, room. And I'll never, I'll never forget this moment. I walk in about to start my shift with my dad and he's sitting next to the window and he's just staring out and uh, I walk up to him and he goes, for all the wealth that I've amassed, nothing can buy my way out of this hospital room. <sighs> and I have tried to forget that moment. <laughs> And I, it's just stuck with me for, you know, obviously over a decade. It's been about 11 years now. And um, that was a huge reason why I picked up the book and said, I'm going to do a new edition. Because during that fight, uh, my father did a lot of soul searching. He actually started a blog during that time, writing about his journey because he was debating between the alternative route and the um, 
the more medical route. And it generated 60,000 readers in like a matter of 60 days. It was absurd. And we didn't plan for that. It was just supposed to be friends and family. You know how they do like a Caring Bridge site and everybody gets to know so you don't have to tell everybody. So that Caring Bridge site went to 60,000 readers. Um, And it got to a point where people were really heated. So we ended up turning it off. But he Mm -hmm. learned a lot during that time. And he really changed Mm. his whole modus of operandi. And I felt that people needed to know that man. People needed to experience what he had come away with. The next book that he was writing was actually a book on health because we spent so much time going through alternatives and we learned so much about all these different uh, methods. And um, so I kept, when I was writing this book, I kept thinking, if my father had survived the leukemia, what would he have written in here? What would he have said? Because it was a different man. And majority of the world didn't get to experience that man. And one night, 4 a.m., the book is due to the publisher. I had gotten a hotel room just to, like, really focus in on writing this, this, uh, to finish this. And um, I was searching through my father's emails because that was the only way I really got to know his business was I didn't know what he thought about people inside his organization because we never had those conversations before he passed. So I went into Mm. his email and I was just searching, searching, give me something, something. And then I fell upon this letter that he had written to one of his best friends where it said, I've generated more wealth in the last six months than I have in the last eight years combined. And this is why. And this whole letter Mm. just talked about this. So I put that into the 13th chapter, um, his legacy, you know, the the encore he never got to give. And it then took me another uh, two years to come out with a book because taking that letter and then blending it with what he's saying and then carrying it on for what is this... The, the final chapter is really a new chapter for where we're about to go and and what life is, uh, how that impression left for me and dictated how we've moved forward. So it's evolved over the last decade, but I'm really, yeah. really proud of that chapter. I rewrote a hundred times, literally. Wow. I have a hundred versions of that mm-hmm. chapter on my computer wow. And several times I sent it into Penguin and they said, no, this, this shouldn't make the book. This, this doesn't make sense in the book, you, you know, because mm. I'm talking about fulfillment and life. And they're like, this is a sales book, Amanda. So it took so many iterations mm. until it is what it is today. And I was just reading the final to send it in for print. And uh, every other time I would read the book and make edits i would continually edit it and edit it and edit anybody that's ever tried to write a book i mean you can edit until the cows come home it's like something that i did for years but the final time i even i was getting to chapter 12 and i was finishing it up and tears were already coming down my face and i cried all the way through chapter 13 but it finally felt like oh yes my masterpiece is done yeah um i want to i want to acknowledge and celebrate um, that moment and, and, and that story, I know that that's not very easy to share. Um, so thank you because what that would mean for a lot of people 
uh it's it's the world right like uh, we're we're evolving like we talked about the state of business in many 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 ways uh internally right ceos and 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 people we have to take care of ourselves in many ways as well and and what you guys or what you added to to the book um really really resonates uh, and and really helps people in that uh i've been blessed to to be a part of uh some of the the things that we've done in the last few months to to expose the our community and the people into into this this framework this strategy this the way of living right and it has been wonderful the the feedback has been incredible and uh it just warms my heart the the fact that you made that very tough decision to to share initially that story and then rewrite it a hundred times right that's like who does that just you amanda and this is awesome it's so worth it right to to uh so i i really encourage everybody to obviously read the full book first don't go to chapter 13 first <laughs> read the whole thing and then that's just gonna be amazing but um so i want to really celebrate the fact that you decided to to share that story um i know it is, it's not easy for a lot of people and especially when we talk about publishing right those are like the, the things that we have to uh to to make peace with and and uh, be very brave to to help others at the end of the day like where you're serving so many by doing that so thank you uh Fonsi, any any thoughts well i'm curious did uh penguin accepted that because of the hundred <laughs> times you wrote it and you were like persistent like this must be in the book uh or That's what, what that was it so i I finally, um, they were, at first they were like, it should be the, what is it? Like, af what's not the opposite of a foreword? It's like afterthought or something. Like, mm -hmm. after the book, this is something, you know, acknowledgements or something, and that's what it should be. And then uh, my my uh, book strategy guide genius, um, genius fairy, uh, Julie Eason, <laughs> <laughs> told me, nobody reads the afterthought. Don't put it as an afterthought. It has to be chapter 13. I'm like, okay, okay. Yeah. And uh, so then I yeah. finally, I rewrote one that was specific to what the publisher was asking for or what Penguin was asking for, and they approved it. I finally got the approval that that mm. should be in the book. And I sat on it for about two months three months and I just felt wrong about it. I just felt oh, wow. like I had lowered my bar of excellence to appease what my publisher wanted. And I mean, they, they know better, right? They're great at, at books. They're the, one of the biggest publishers in the world, right? So yeah. uh, I respect what they were saying and why they were saying it. You know, there's a context here mm -hmm. and there's a whole book talking about something completely different. But then... But then on February 13th, which is my father and my birthday, uh, we share the same birthday, um, I had done a whole strategy session the whole day before, and I stayed up all night, and it just downloaded what Chapter 13 should truly be, living to my greatest potential and not just the mm. bar of what's approved. And I rewrote the whole thing. I uh, showed it to Julie the next morning. She's like, that is it. I sent yes. it off to the publisher and they went, yep, we approve this. <laughs> so, wow. uh, wow. yeah, it just, it came to me on our birthday. So <laughs> that was really special. That is, that is amazing. Yeah. It feels like you're channeling the whole, the whole energy in there. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's great. Wait, you say your birthday is February 13th? 
Yeah. Isn't that your your wife's birthday too? Yeah, yeah. We, Are you we, serious? Wow. Yeah, I, I was like going in my head. I'm like, I think I've mentioned this to her, but uh, but yes, <laughs> very small That's world is it, it's uh, yeah, it's, it's amazing. Crazy. So yeah. I would never ever forget either birthday. <laughs> there you <laughs> so, go. <laughs> yeah. That's so funny. Um, yeah, that, that, that is a very uh, f- funny. I know. Uh, yeah, moment. I'm like obviously <laughs> like surprised of this, but. Um, Go, go, going away from my personal life, <laughs> uh, Amanda, we obviously talked about the state of business, right? So obviously the, this book deals with very serious issues, right? For and, and very serious uh, things that CEOs have to be very aware. And the cool thing is yesterday we were in a call with uh, Ted, right? Who's part of the team. And, uh, and he, he mentioned something uh, that resonated big time. It's like this book is like about it. It's all about taking action. And it, it tells you really this roadmap. There's a lot of material out there, right, that, that just, like, it might be fluff, might not be fluff. They might be explored, like, one idea, right? But at the end of the day, it, it gives you probably nothing, no, no roadmap to do it, and it's up to you to actually go and try to figure out. This thing is, like, it tells you exactly how to do it, why to do it, like, all these amazing stories. And people have uh, gotten so many amazing results. Yeah. It's an instruction manual, for sure. Uh, it's literally people don't have to go read anything else. Like they do this, and, and like and we talked about the pig-headed discipline last time. And uh, you know, with that in mind, right? Like, how do that then compare in the industry from 15 years ago versus today? And why should people be paying attention to this? Yes. So I'll give you an example. Chapter seven is the seven months of marketing chapter, and it started with like. Here's what you need to do about radio, television, and billboards. And I went, oh, gosh. (laughs) Dad, this was like before the internet. This is when websites, the word websites was two words. I even put it in my foreword. I'm like, wow, can you believe websites became one word over the last 15 years? But, But when we look at the span of time of what has happened with marketing, so for a half century, the only true innovations that happened in marketing was radio to television. So the change in what we're doing in business was a very slow adaptation. Then you look at the last 15 years and we went from, so 15 years ago, the average business had seven different marketing mediums that they would market on. Today, they, oh my gosh, it's 13 different marketing mediums, five social media platforms, and three paid advertising. So we're doing double the amount of work because all, I mean, every day a new medium is popping up. It took it took 30 years for radio to get to 50 million users. It took wow. television 13 years to get to 50 million users. It took Facebook four years to get to 50 million users. And um, I think this is hilarious. Pokemon Go took six weeks to hit 50 million users. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, we were part of those 50 million. Back then. <laughs> it was pretty intense. It was very intense. It was very intense, those six weeks, yeah. <laughs> So the the rapidness of how a new medium can come to play is very quick, yeah, right? Yeah. So because yeah. of the internet. So what we did, chapter seven was like, all, chapter seven in itself is a whole new book, basically. We had to completely re, redo that chapter and how it flows because it can't just be about billboards. Um, so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was a huge part of what Julie Eason helped me with. Oh my God, I, don't, I wouldn't have been able to finish this book if it weren't for her. Uh, yeah. So... 
Um, so all through that chapter, what we've done is because there's so many different marketing mediums, we took my father had a five prong process to identify if your marketing is working or not. We took that and applied it to every sub set of marketing. This is how your email marketing just follow these five steps, these five checklists, and you will know if your email marketing is working or not. If it's not working, go back to the five steps, go back to the mm -hmm. five prong, go back to the five mm -hmm. prong. So we keep landing it back because we're so divided today on multi-channel. Do you know you need to have all of these different things running at the same time? We don't go back to the basics of is this the right medium? If this is the right medium, why is it not working, right? What What is stopping us from generate sales from this marketing uh, yeah. channel? So that was a big part of uh, adding to and, and reworking yeah. chapter seven. It, it, it's so important, right? It can be very overwhelming, especially for Big, big corporations, right? They, they might have their resources. We talk about a lot about this in the in the publishing pyramid, right? Like uh, whether you're an entrepreneur or uh, a big a big business, right? Same, same framework applies. Do we have the resources? But then if we have the resources, then it becomes more overwhelming, right? Because we're dealing with, with teams. Where do we go? Like uh, this big decision. So I love the fact that it is a very uh, simple framework that we can follow to always go back and land. Is this actually working? I remember listening to a story or read. Well, I, I listened to books, so that's why I say listening. Uh, but about your dad testing a $10,000 budget, right? And I think at the time it was in radio and they were like, well, how do we know that's working? And they divided 10 different things, 10 different things that they were doing into a thousand dollar chunks and they, they would run the thing, right? And they'll be like, Hey, are these the results that we're looking for? If it was yes or no, then they will make the continued decision and then they will reinvest in the things that they were working. And to me, as I was listening to it, I was like, wow, it, it is simple, right? But it's, it's not easy to do because there's so, so much distraction. And uh, again, this was 15 years ago, right? Now today is even worse because we have online media, right? We had the Facebook ads, we have YouTube, we have TikTok even. What resources do we assign to each platform? How do we know the offer is really working? How do we know that we're actually attracting the right customer uh, for our business, right? We talked about this many, many times. So uh, the fact that chapter seven is there, uh, it makes it so so worth it um especially if we have if we have that background um and if you're experiencing that in your business um you must <laughs> read chapter seven <laughs> well that's a great segue to chapter four if you don't allow if it's okay Absol can i go absolutely absolutely so, so there are about 8 billion people in the world today, population, and yet there are 4.75 billion pieces of content posted on Facebook alone every single mm. day. Mm. We post half the world's population on Facebook in content. 15 mm. years ago, that wasn't really the case, right? Yeah, and yeah. that's not even counting what's on Instagram, which is half a billion posts happen on Instagram every single day. So we went from only the elite could get a message out to the world, right? Only the people that had a platform. Today, everyone has a platform. There's 3.8, there's 3.8 billion social media pages today. It's so we've gone from competing with just the elite that could pay for radio and and television to everyone and their mother, their grandmother can post, yeah, their yeah. child, a baby can post, a dog has its own social media page. <laughs> I mean, everybody has yeah. content, but the difference is that 
50% of content online is deemed useless and 40% of the content that's posted for a business actually hinders your sale. It reduces the likelihood of somebody purchasing. So we have gone from, okay, I'm going to post content because it's an organic way and I have the ability to have so much of a reach without spending money such an amazing concept and yet we've forgotten the framework for why yeah. content will generate sales which is what we want absolutely uh essence right <laughs> i remember when we first uh imagined the show we're like okay the the road the, the path to the frictionless sale right and there's so many elements right that, that we've discovered along this journey 300 plus episodes right and um when i first uh saw the book right the title the ultimate sales machine and it just goes back and remind me of the story of uh, when we were growing up, our, our mom was a math teacher, right? So I would go out and, and I would ask her, be like, hey, mom, uh, what's the answer to this equation? And she'll be like, let me tell you something. And then she'll sit me down in front of a whiteboard and she'll like go back and, and revisit like the, the, the principles and foundations of what we needed to talk about. Yeah, she was like, when math first started and you're like, oh, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, now that we run a business and now that I've seen firsthand with the companies that, that, that we help at CHI, right, um, it's so important that, that foundation, those principles and uh, this revival, that's what it is, is that roadmap to always go back and look at these things because the world, yes, is changing. It can be overwhelming, but at the same time, it cannot be overwhelming because if we know, if we stay true to those foundations and those strategies and we stay with big-headed discipline, we execute on those, right? We, we talk about the core story bootcamp. We talk about the Dream 100, Elevated Dream 100, right? The 47-point checklist. All these things are these amazing tools that will bring it back to those principles and foundations that we can continue to execute no matter what challenges are coming uh, our way in in the business and that's why i, I believe is is so powerful uh, do, you, do you have like very uh do you remember maybe some cool stories uh, off the top of your head of people that have applied this and uh and have obtained amazing results so many i mean i i i yeah. i put so many different protege stories of people that have implemented the book because they've done such magnificent things i had to add them in. Uh, I added in quite a few times um, ClickFunnels and the CEO, yeah. uh, Russell Brunson, uh, yeah. because, I mean, they went from zero to 100 million in four years, and the Dream 100 was one of the most successful yeah. uh, strategies that they used to make that quantum leap. So I do put them in there quite a bit around the Dream 100 chapters, so chapter six and chapter eight, uh, and really help people better define how to deploy the Dream 100 because uh, so many businesses, they just get stuck on the first step of how to f get that list of 100. It, um, yeah, so I go into yeah. that and how to find the list and how to narrow down the list so that you make sure a checklist to know if it's the right list. Um, but yeah, that's a great one. Uh, another one um, I put in there about a client that uh, during COVID, they their business shut down as super dentist. Um, their business shut down as a dentist office, and um, the CEO Kami Haas decided to try and get some press. And he started talking about the link. Um, so there, there was a link because we did a core story for him. He knew that there was a link between the health of your mouth and your lung capacity, mm. and uh, so half of the population. 
Um, it's something like you're eight times more likely to die of COVID if you have gum disease. And one in every two people has gum disease in the United States today. And Aww. so one simple thing you can do to avoid COVID is just brush your teeth for, you know, three minutes twice yeah, a day and floss. <laughs> and this message was not out there at all. And when wow. he started using that market data to get in front of uh, press, he ended up, he he got like half a million dollars in press wow. all over the country. He was speaking on every news station because he was using that market data with this story to educate the public on something that's relevant and important to them. Uh, and then he also talked about how he had a book coming out, If Your Mouth Could Talk. And if you guys want to read something fascinating that you would never think you would care so much about your mouth, <laughs> however, it affects your entire body. And it's yes. it'll have a ton of market data because that's what he did with his core stories. He put it into a book. So If Your Mouth Could Talk. But I do talk about that in the book too. A yeah. bunch of stories. I have so many stories that I sprinkle through there. Yeah. I, I, I love it, right? Because, uh, you know, with, if you say- hey, He started you, brushing his teeth recently. That's oh, why. 100%. Can you tell? <laughs> they're, they're so white. Um, yeah. Um, but you know, we, we often mention, Hey, just imagine, right? Just imagine. And, and I think those stories are so important they are there because it can put you in a place where you're like, I can do this, right? I can go out and execute with, it's so important, right? Without execution, nothing happens, right? We, we often talk about whether that's, uh, again, whether that's an entrepreneur for the content's profit audience or whether that's a, a corporation, a, a bigger CEO, bigger company for, uh, for the CHI audience, right? The same thing. If we don't execute, we don't assign the resources and we provide them with the principles and foundations to go out and, and kill it out in the marketplace, uh, you know, we it might as well just, you know, leave the book in the in the shelf. So please go out and execute. The, the, <laughs> this, um, this part right here of the conversation just made me think of like how your dad was like the OG content creator, honestly, right? <laughs> like putting these presentations, right? Like, uh, thinking about what the objections were going to be and then going and present them to, you know, the people that he, he was selling at the end of the day, that's kind of what people are doing when they are creating content. And I, I can't stop but thinking your dad would have thrived in social media, I feel like. <laughs> yes, everyone says that all the time. You know, it's interesting. So like I said before, uh, that people have lost why they're posting and what they're doing mm -hmm. with their content and they're not leading it to they should be with every step leading back to you is the only logical conclusion so yeah. that as soon as your prospect thinks of some a product or service like yours you are the first person that they think of but um the lines between marketing and sales have really blurred especially in the last 15 years because yeah. Yeah. now because of e-commerce right more businesses more marketing departments are being responsible for sales because we're creating digital salespeople, right? With different funnels that you have that lead you from a page to a page to get you to upsell, to get you to cross sell, yeah. uh, and then educating along the way. Um, I mean, I put in here in the book as well that Amazon has killed the traditional commissioned breath yeah. salesperson because 97% of prospects don't want to be pushed, feel that salespeople are too pushy today, and yeah, it's because yeah. of Amazon, right? 50% mm -hmm. of e-commerce, 50% of sales on the internet come from Amazon alone, just them, and then everyone else is another 50%. So what has Amazon done? It's taught us that we can buy without 
the need for a person. That's why there's so much tension between prospects and salespeople. So you have marketers trying to sell more online, and then you have salespeople having to market themselves more online. And social gives the opportunity to break down those barriers of, I'm just here to sell you. Yeah. No, you get to know the person. They start talk. They start educating. It's your opportunity to educate. And when you think of the seven steps to a sale, the first two are establishing rapport and finding the need. Establishing rapport means they like you, they trust you, they respect you. If you do those two steps, you're 65 5% of the way to a sale. Wow. Today, you do that with your content. You build that rapport, you build that relationship so that they trust you and they respect you by what you post online. Oh, so so good. Uh, can we do like a 24-hour version where we just like dissect the whole thing? Uh, which by the way, if you um, go listen to the to Amanda's podcast, please. We're gonna link it right below because over the last, uh, over the next few days, every single day, there's gonna be a piece of nugget that's gonna come out your way with uh, all this amazing information on how you can implement it. So super awesome. Uh, there's a couple of things as we wrap up, Amanda, that I really uh, want to tackle. Is one of is one of the your most famous uh, frameworks, uh, the the inverted buyer's pyramid, which the first time that we saw it, mind blown. And I've seen many presentations where people see it for the first time and you can actually see their mind blowing to pieces. Um, so do, do you want to dive into, into that just a little bit and, and uh, maybe uh, explain what it is? Yes. So my father taught um, uh, at any given time, if you're marketing to a group of people, let's say you have 100 people in a room, uh, only 3% of that room will be interested in your product or service at that time. 3% will be in the buying now category. Another 7% will be open to it, just like if you made 100 cold calls or if mm. you posted on your Facebook page. 3% will be interested in what you have to offer. 7% will be open to it. Another 30% are not thinking about you, your product or service. The next 30% think that they're not interested, and the last 30% are definitely not interested. So you have this buyer's pyramid with all of the... Yeah subsets and he did that to say to say that if you are just talking about your product or service you're only reaching that three percent and all of your competitors are reaching that three percent so what we did uh, as julie eason and i were working on this book um we took that pyramid and we flipped it upside down because business has flipped on its head and we described how we have helped more companies become number one in their industry than anyone else. And it's following this framework. And uh, it all comes back to core story. You know, people, when they read the book, they go, oh, I love that market data thing. I love how that's blended with story because we think in stories. Um, back to the beginning of time, right? We've taught our history and story. Yeah. People can remember what happened on the Netflix show three weeks ago, but they can't remember what happened in a meeting last week. Yeah. But our society is based on the power of science. We believe in the utter legitimacy of science. So your story can only be legitimized by the backing of solid research. So what we do at one of my companies, Empire Research Group, is we go and we look at all of the data and we scan an entire industry. So the first step in that inverted pyramid is global pain. We wanna understand what's happened over decades. The first step is global pain. And that's really to show when someone says something like, did you know that last year, 85% of businesses were in a financial struggle? Actually, 80% made less revenue than they did the year prior. 
it sets me up as an expert. Oh, this person isn't just talking out there, you know, they're actually saying something. Mm. It seems like they know what they're talking about. So you want that global pane to really catch the entire buyer's pyramid, regardless of if they're interested in your product or service or not. Then we get into targeted pain. So targeted pain is what keeps your prospect up at night because it's not generally, majority of the time, it is not your product or service. As much as you think that they care about that and that's what's keeping them up, it doesn't. Mm. It isn't. Only maybe that 3%. Target pain. So what keeps them up at night? And if you can articulate their pain better than they can, they believe that you have the solution. Mm. So you are just expressing to them that they truly, you truly, I get you. From that, they would just say, wow, you really understand me. And from there, then we get into the solutions portion. So global pain, targeted pain, solutions. Solutions is just setting you up as an expert in your field if you give something valuable. And it's a part and a piece that maybe isn't exactly, this is my product, this is my service, and this is what I do. So what can you do to add value to that person? Then the difference between content marketing and what my father taught, which is education-based marketing, which is bound being a strategist versus just a tactical, I'm just going to post something online and you know we'll see what it does. So that step is different in this second to last step, which is resetting of the buying criteria. All through this education, you should be teaching them so that they're thinking of only you as the possible logical conclusion. So what do you have to do? Because if you do all of those steps and then you don't reset the buying criteria, you're educating your prospect to lead them straight to your competitor. So you have to make sure, this is a critical point, that you educate them on everything that they'd need to know to purchase a product or service like yours. That's the resetting of the buying criteria so that by the time you talk about you, your product, your service, they should already be sold on you before you've even mentioned you. That is the power of a true core story. That is the inverted pyramid and that will be in the bonus chapter in chapter four. Standing ovation. Yes. And that was a a true uh, uh, golden boulder moment right here. Um, (laughs) Trademarked. Okay. Um, All right, Amanda, as, as we wrap up, this has been so awesome and and so cool mm-hmm. to to witness and experience like this whole process and we're we're right there. So if you're listening to this episode today, that means that the pre-sale is up and running. So go get your book. L- links right below in the description. See in both shows. Uh, UltimateSalesMachine.com. Easy PC. Uh, go get your copy and copies. There is <laughs> amazing bonuses to to be taken for you and your company and your team members. So uh, make sure you get those before uh, they uh, run out. So I I just want to point out that you did a really good job too when writing the book at documenting the process and like sharing with people, you know, that you were your late night writing or very early mornings writing (laughs) and, you know, some of the, the challenges and struggles that you had. And I just wanted to point that out because... You know, it's not about, oh, I finished the book and now I'm going into promotion mode, right? Like you've been just, and I don't see it honestly as promotion at all. Honestly, I see it as you're sharing something that you deeply care about. And, you know, once you started taking on, okay, let me update this awesome book, you started immediately sharing with everybody and you've brought so many people throughout that journey. So now people are are (laughs) eager to get their hands on this book. 
Everybody's like, enough already. Could you just post it? It's been four years of watching you write it on every plane, train, and automobile. We get it. We get yeah, it. Yeah, so you don't. But, you, but it is cool because mm-hmm. now you see how much work it took. Exactly. Right? It's not just I, you know. It definitely increases yeah. the, Thank you. The, the perceived value of it. You know, it's already extremely valuable. <laughs> uh, but now, yeah. you know, by knowing all the work that was behind it, um, it makes it even yeah. more special. So I'm very excited to grab yeah, them. By, by the way, I just want to show you this, Amanda, for those listening. Uh, I'm just showing like a stack of them <laughs> in here. Like this is like the one book that we actually like send out to to like our people and community and the because it's uh. it's so so amazing and we can't wait to to get uh, my hands into that pre-sale. Now, uh, bonus story. We talked about this. Well, first I want to celebrate the fact that you, over these last three years you've developed this amazing voice. Uh, in in this space, right? And it, it was quite a bit of a process. Maybe we can do another episode just on that. Uh, but I really like you mentioned. There's like there's a funny story involving click funnels and a virtual party and uh, writing a, a book uh, or something. So yeah, maybe this is a treat yeah. for the audience today. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I was at an event of click funnels recently and. Um, Every time he would like break off and say, okay, now work on your funnel. And everybody would sit and they would do workshopping and work on their funnel. And I kept watching Russell and he would just sit there and wait. And I'm like, oh man, I got to go up and talk to him. I rarely get to talk to him. He's a client, right? So we're working on his core story for ClickFunnels 2.0, but it's fair, few and far between. And I kept just staring at him. I'm like, oh, I really want to get up there. I really just want (laughs) to say hi. I really want to talk to him. I really, I mean, it was like driving me crazy inside of my mind. So then I finally just ran up there and said, hey, Russell, look, I put together the book funnel for the new edition. And I showed him because we were using his stickers and he's like, oh, that's so cool. And I'm like, and then it just popped into my head. I thought, you know, I'm doing a virtual event when we launch the book uh, and I'm going to have the biggest, best speakers I possibly can. And it would be so awesome to have you as one of the speakers. And he said, oh, well, where is it going to be? And I said, it'll be virtual. Um, And he's like, well, why don't you have it? host we can host you at ClickFunnels headquarters yeah. and you can film it live from from my headquarters and i went are what? you serious <laughs> for real yeah. so i oh my god i was like a giddy little child but uh so that is for every person that gets the pre-sale version of the book you also get a ticket to that virtual uh party launch party which will happen for a much smaller group of people so and i'll have him and then also jay abraham wow also agreed that he will be there i still am filling the slots for the two others that will be there but um it's gonna be a great a great party i, I, I took a pic of that on that list and oh my gosh yes please go ahead and, and buy it like now because it's gonna run out those spots uh so so much value not just the fact that amanda's there launching these amazing resources and, and book for for many years to come but also the people that say yes to doing something like this, you know, Jay Abraham, Russell Branson, legends, right in the in the marketplace and in, in the right now in the business world. So, super excited! Thank you for sharing that story, Amanda. Uh, Fancy yeah. anything else? No, thank you so much. Yeah, for sharing everything, for putting so much love and effort into the new the new version of the book. I'm sure it's gonna change a lot of yeah. people's lives yeah. and you know get them all pumped up. I remember when I finished reading this book, I was like. Honestly, as I was reading it, I was like, this is what I need. Like, this is what I need to do now, right? Even (laughs) chapter one with, with like, time management, I was like, this is perfect. (laughs) Because 
my time management skills are <laughs> not the best. <laughs> yeah, I feel like you need to reboot it again. Okay. Um, uh, Amanda, anything else that you want to add? There is one little thing. So um, I was... So normally a forward would be to the reader. You say, dear reader, right? And I had written many versions of dear reader. And then when I had my first session, because I needed a coach to help guide yeah. me f finishing this. So uh, Julie Eason was that for me, guiding me through just pulling. I would call her a genius extractor. She just <laughs> pulls out whatever genius you have in the moment. It's just kind of a mess of thoughts in your head until she helps you plan it out and get it into something clean and clear. Yeah. But uh, we had that first meeting and she sat me down and she said, you know, I think that the foreword should actually be Dear Dad. Mm. And I heard that and I went, no, like immediately, wow. like it was like guttural, like out of like an instant resistance to no way would I ever want to do that. Yeah. And uh, so over a couple of minutes, I was like, well, okay, I have hired you to be my guide so I should listen to you and this is our first meeting together so to say no to the very first thing you asked me to do is kind of not being a good student and I pride myself on being a good student so I will do it as an exercise it won't go in the book that was my that was my answer and she went okay <laughs> you know she could tell I was very upset about it and um after that meeting, I went down and I was sitting, I was in Puerto Rico at the time, and I was sitting at dinner, and all of a sudden it started to come over me of like, oh, I think I can write this forward. And I pull out my phone and instantly it just, again, another just download yeah. came and I just start writing Dear Dad in a notes in my phone and tears are streaming mm. down my face. I it was you ever yeah. have those moments where you just get so in the zone that it's like time just like slows and everything blurs and it's just you cuz there were some parts of my head that went Amanda you're hysterically ugly crying in this restaurant right now. I'm sure everybody's <laughs> thinking that you're crazy and I'm like it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And this whole forward just like flowed out of me wow. in one foul swoop and you know, it's it's a letter that I never told my dad. And there's some parts that are really raw and really honest. And it's not all sunshine and rainbows. There's also some anger in there. But then there's also a lot of gratitude yeah. and honoring. And um, so I have, I will say that I might have made some grown men cry. And it's kind of a strange way to start a sales book. But you know what? It's just a part of my heart and my soul, and I think people will resonate with that because sales should be about your heart. Yeah. I mean, I'm listening to this, and I'm like, I haven't even read it. I'm like getting watery eyes. I can't even imagine. Um, I'm, yeah, gonna, I'm definitely going to cry when, uh, when I read that. And if you're a dad, it's even worse. Uh, like in the, in the best way possible. Uh, but yes, it, it is incredible. Uh, I, I've seen firsthand the effect of that forward. I mean, that, and obviously... Um, yeah, it, again, very grateful that you decided to, to make that decision and, uh, and, you know, make, make this book your own as well. And that is a sneak peek into the new edition of the ultimate sales machine. There is so much more to it. Go ahead and get your pre-sale copy because when you sign up, you get a bunch of wonderful bonuses, that special ticket to the virtual event for ClickFunnels with Russell Brunson and Jay Abraham, uh, a bundle of wonderful templates that you can utilize in your business to help you with market and sell. 
and you will get chapter four before everyone else, which is really cool. So you'll get to read that. And there's a great uh, story about um, quite a few great stories actually in there. I won't I won't even talk about it. Uh, there's also bulk orders. You can get a bulk order if you want to get three copies, if you want to get five copies, if you want to get for your full team. All of these pre-sales go to uh, the actual launch of the book and we're working to get it to number one and every book matters. So if you want to buy 10 and give them out as Christmas gifts, now is the time to do it because you get a special bonuses if you buy 10. If you decided to buy 100, you get even more special bonuses. So go ahead and get your book. Bulk orders are appreciated. Uh, if you've ever had a breakthrough or if you've generated some revenue from uh, this book, this is one of those, let's honor my father for the life's work that he did and what better way to celebrate him than to get this new edition. So thank you everybody and uh, ultimatesalesmachine.com. Subscribe for more videos. Claim your free chapter four of the Ultimate Sales Machine. This chapter helps you get nine times more impact from every move you make. Visit ultimatesalesmachine.com. This has been the CEO Mastery Podcast, brought to you by the Ultimate Sales Machine.